Welcome to Quantum Journeys, a podcast where we explore the fascinating intersections of neuroscience, hypnosis, quantum physics, and the metaphysical. In this mind-bending journey, we will delve into the depths of the human mind, exploring the extraordinary abilities that lie dormant within each of us. We'll uncover the hidden connections between our thoughts, our emotions, and our created realities, and discover how to harness these connections to alchemize a life of abundance, joy, and fulfillment. Welcome to Quantum Journeys Hypnosis Podcast, where we explore the intersectionality between hypnosis, multidimensional consciousness, quantum healing, and all that good stuff. I'm Krista Marie Bowman, founder of Quantum Journeys Hypnosis, and today we have Jenny McGurk. Uh, she's a spiritual coach, an intuitive aura reader. She's certified in hypnosis, EFT, holistic health, and wellness coaching. Um, she's an intuitive energy reader uh, who has encounters and sees past lives star seeds, otherworldly encounters, uh, chakras, spirit guides, angels uh, that either she herself or her clients have encountered. And you've been on a 25-year journey researching, traveling, and learning about all of these esoteric philosophies, including goddess worship and the symbolism of the Templars, Rosicrucians, and Freemasons. Now, here's something before I like have you jump in. Um, I read that in 2021, you were initiated into the Order of Freemasons and that you're currently a second degree fellow craft working on Master Mason. Now, I don't know that there's many people that even know women can do that, can take that path um, to becoming a Freemason, let alone a Master Mason. But I'm positive that there are far fewer women actually taking the path. So let's just start there because that is some juicy stuff. <laughs> so Welcome. Jenny, yeah. please Hello. take Welcome. it away. How did you get involved in Freemasonry? Um, so it's something I've been interested in uh, since I was in my 20s. Um, as as corny as it is, I read uh, The Da Vinci Code by Dan Brown. And I was reading it while I was planning my wedding. And when, you know, the, 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 the subject of where we were going to go on our honeymoon came up, I'm not really a, uh, you know, lay on the beach kind of vacation like person. I'm more of a like adventure. Like I want to go out and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. see history and want to see the world. And so I just jokingly was like, Hey, do you want to go to Europe and see all these places that are in this book I'm reading? And my husband was like, yeah, sure. Or my vet to be then soon to be husband was like, yeah, sure. um, and so that's what we did. We actually spent way more on our honeymoon than we did on our entire wedding. <laughs> And we had a very, we had a very I feel like that's the way it should be. Yeah, yeah. We had a very small wedding. I remember one of my sisters told me that if more people spent more energy and time on their uh, marriages, that they did planning their weddings, that maybe more marriages might last a little bit longer. But that's why I always always remember that. But yeah, we had a very simple wedding. Anyway, we we did. We went. We spent two weeks in Europe, and I got to see all, not all, but a lot of the places that were in that book. Um, and a lot of the things in that book are centered around the Knights Templar. If you read the book. Mm -hmm. and, yep. um, I actually met Dan Brown once. Did you? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. exciting. He was the roommate of a friend of mine in college. And then they like had like a mini reunion years later. And I happened to to be in the room. So. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> that. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and this is a another side story too. I worked in the film industry for like 20 years. Um, 
Um, I was a seamstress and a craftsperson and I've met like tons and tons of famous people. Um, but like the books that I read, like I've had, the, I've had the opportunity to meet some of the authors of some of these like amazing books. And I'm been, like way more excited to meet like these authors of these books, um, as opposed to like, you know, Tom Hanks and Steven right, Spielberg. Right. It was the cool authors are the, the true celebrity. Yes. Oh, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, so that, that was kind of what sparked my, my real interest in it. I also, um, in high school was, I don't know if I am dyslexic or was dyslexic, but, um, didn't do great in academics in school mm -hmm. and always struggled with reading. And when I started, when I read the Da Vinci code, it was like, I mean, it's a, it's an easy book to read, but, um, it kind of seemed like my dyslexia just went away. And wow. what I did is I actually have the Da Vinci Code right here. <laughs> what I did is I went in the back of the Da Vinci Code and he lists all of the books that he uses as references. And I went and I read all of those books. I actually had them on my honeymoon with me, reading them like on the train and stuff. Um, and I, I discovered that when I was reading something that I was really interested in, my dyslexia went away. Um, which ah. as, as a hypnotist, that's a really like that part of me didn't have dyslexia, right? So switched from a different part. Um, but that's yeah. really where, where it grew from. Yeah. And then we I actually have a little bit of that in common as far as a, um, I also was diagnosed with dyslexia when I was younger. Mine was dyscalculia though. It was a form of dyslexia with numbers. Um, but B, I have been fascinated with secret societies since I was about 13 or 14 when I stumbled upon this book in my mom's um, library of books that I, it's huge too. And I'd never seen her read it before. And I was just like, what is that doing there? And it was called um, Secret Societies of the World. And it had like these onion skin papers where you had an overlay on top of something else that you could like, it was all very like mysterious and <laughs> exciting. So um, I'm gobbling this up. I'm just like, Ooh, she's kind of living the life that if things had gone differently for me, maybe I'd be doing something like that too. <laughs> well, I mean, you, it's not Freemasonry is available to you. It's available to all of us. Um, you just kind of have to know where to look, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I honestly am one of those people that I knew that women could be involved, but I didn't realize to the degree that you could actually become a master Mason. I didn't realize that that path is now available to women. And that maybe is kind of a recent thing, huh? No, it's always been there. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought that all they had for, for women or for females was the something star. Eastern star. Eastern star. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So that is the American male Freemason ring. Oh, so it, okay. uh, in, in Northern America, um, the, the, the Masonic lodges do not allow women, um, permit women in meetings. Um, they, they allow them to be involved in other ways. And Eastern star is one of the ways, um, uh, a little misogynistic, uh, the Eastern star was kind of, um, you can read different stories about why or when it was created, but essentially the men would you know, it was a social club. It's a social for men, you know. So wait, you're saying that American men gatekeep? Yeah. Can you believe that? Misogynistically <laughs> from women? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What a concept. <laughs> yeah. But the Eastern Star was kind of created because the men would go on Sunday night, Sunday to have their lodge meetings. Uh -huh. And after meetings, they would hang out and drink and they'd come home really late and their wives would be like, 
I don't like this. You shouldn't do this. And um, so they're like, well, why don't you be involved? And you can make the food for our meeting. Mm, right. Of course. Yeah. That's how the Eastern star kind of. Yeah. So you, know, you can take that however you want to take it. Um, <laughs> and I have a grandmother and a mother that were involved in that capacity. Yeah. Yeah. So my grandfather was um, a Freemason. I don't know how far he went. And then oh. my first husband's father was a master Mason. Oh, so very- it's in. It's in the family. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I just was always super into, into it, into the symbology of it. Um, and I started learning and reading about it. And then when I'd be out in the world, you know, as a young 20, 30 year old, something I would, um, I'd be able to identify a Mason in the wild and I would, (laughs) I would, I would, I would, you know, um, I, 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 and I think as a hypnotist too, also like people are, so fascinating like I just really think that everyone is so interesting everyone has such an interesting story everyone should write a book yeah like I just find people amazing and obviously people that are we share that in common too yeah and and people that are older than than whatever age you are at the time they have that wisdom and I just was always drawn to um listening to the stories of my elders right and so I would meet or I see would masonic people who men would have masonic rings or whatever and i would be like you know or the hat and i would comment on it and they'd be like surprised like how do you know that you know um and so it just always was interesting to me and um i was reading a book um by a gentleman named uh scott walter and in freemasonry and the templars when you go deep into their history they really uh, a lot of their their work and symbolism revolves around the goddess mm-hmm. um venus and i mean the district of columbia dc columbia is a goddess columbia. um maryland is the virgin mary or mary magdalene um virginia again the virgin goddess which um you know that's a whole nother thing that we can get into but um they really do you know revere the woman and the feminine, the divine feminine energy. And so anyway, it's not in America. Right. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's interesting that juxtaposition is not that there's the, the, the worship of these um, archetypal, archetypal um, feminine, you know, goddess types. And then uh, the, the only recourse that actual women have in North American Freemasonry is as a, a secondary character you know, as a supportive character. Yeah. And two things I can say about that is one is a lot of American male Freemasons and a lot of Masons in general don't necessarily know the underlying history of where it all Mm. came from. Um, And also too, I think it, you know, comes down to the idea that, that we women have a certain amount of power and men throughout history have always, you know, used that for their own benefit they've, you know, absorbed our power and then subjugated us, made us think that, you know, we are not powerful. Um, so there's well, a, a little might bit have been threatening otherwise, you know? Oh, yeah. Been, yeah. Um, well, but, at least threatening to the patriarchy, as we're discovering now right, that yeah, right. layers are being peeled back. Yes. And, we, we, and we're leaving the age of Pisces and we're entering the age of Aquarius, the water bearer. So, yeah. Um, Which but is I, incidentally also my sun sign. Oh, is it? Oh, nice. But makes uh, sense, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I was, I was, yeah, I was reading this book, and um, and 
Scott, Scott has written many books about goddess worship. And so I, I was frustrated. I was like, um, and I've had the opportunity to meet Scott and I'm actually about to do another um, uh, event with him in a couple of weeks up in New Hampshire. And I just was like, Scott, if you, I was talking to myself, like if you venerate the goddess, why doesn't masonry allow women into it? I was like frustrated and threw the book on the ground. And my husband was like, how do you know that? Like, and I was like, well, that's just, everybody knows that. That's what you get yeah, about. That's what I thought too. Yeah. And he was like, but how do you know that? And I was like, hmm, okay, good challenge. Like, I don't know that for sure. So I went on the internet, you know, and did research and it took a little while, but sure enough, uh, fem- uh, you know, women in Freemasonry popped up and lo and behold, there's a, I'm in Richmond, Virginia, and there's a lodge in DC. Um, wow. uh, yeah, two hours away from me. And I actually grew up there. Um, so I was pretty familiar with the area. And then, so through a long, you know, it took about two, it was during COVID. So it took a while, but I did the process of interviewing and all that. And, um, mm-hmm. Became an entered apprentice and now I'm a, um, a fellow craft or a second degree. So women. That's so cool. Yeah, women. Congratulations. As, thank you. Thank you. Um, women as Masons, as Freemasons actually have a very rich history, specifically in French and Belgium. And that's mm-hmm. where my lodge originated from was, is Belgium. Uh, yeah. But there are- I love that your um, husband took that glass ceiling and said, are you sure that that really exists? Like yeah. maybe you don't even have to shatter it. It might just be something that you open and walk through and you yeah. did. And I think that's kind of a lot of what Freemasonry is about for me is that, you know, it, if I had known that information 10, 15 years ago, I wouldn't have been ready to become a Mason. Mm-hmm. I had, I had to go on that journey. I had right. to experience that all of those things, um, um, because it's, you know, it's a commitment and it's not, it's not just, you know, hang out and have meetings. Like there's a lot involved in it. Um, so I, I think that, you know, I'm 46, almost 47 years old. Um, I don't even think five years ago, I would have been able to, um, you know, commit or be ready to it. So everything happens in perfect. Happens in you. Yeah. yeah. When we're ready. Yeah. yeah. I love that. And it's, it's so true. I mean, I feel that way about, um, Pretty much everything, which is interesting because I spent probably the first 40 years of my life being very impatient for everything to happen mm-hmm. as quickly as possible. Happen now. Go, go, go. Move, move, move. And um, so much has shifted that now, you know, it's almost the opposite. It's just like, a well, I mean, I still lean into whatever it is that I'm feeling pulled to do, but it's not like I got to get it done, you know. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is with that, I've also lost that sense of uh, of regret or um, oh, I should have done this then, or if I'd only known that at the time, or, you know, like that's just gone now. It's just gone. I'm like, yeah. nope, it happened exactly uh, as it needed to in the, in yeah. the right time. And because if, if some certain things had happened earlier, like you're talking about, you, you might not have even had the, um, the wherewithal or the tools or the, you know, passion or the anything to really make a go of it. So yeah, there you are. <laughs> so I have, um, as I was, doing a little research on you and, and mm-hmm. reading through um, some stuff that you had sent me, there was something else that really caught my attention, uh, which has to do with um, extraterrestrials. So this is another <laughs> thing that we have in common, actually. Um, and 
this is uh, early on in my podcast days, so I I don't think I've even mentioned this to anybody. Um, but I also have some um, CE three and five experiences, <laughs> close encounters of the third and fifth kind. Um, so I would love to hear about. Yeah, is this something that comes up in sessions? Is this something that you, that you yourself have had um, experience with? Just yeah, I'd love to get. Yeah, into that. I mean, it definitely comes up in sessions. Um, I often see, uh, you know, uh, the majority of the time, and I'll, honestly, more for me, uh, my clients tend to be more female, but I do have male clients. Um, and the majority of my male clients have had some sort of alien, otherworldly encounter. And and of those, it's it it seems to be something that's happened in their childhood. Mm. And then has, there can be some sort of fear or interest created around it. And then in the reading that I give them, it's kind of like a, um, a full circle coming back around, like, you know, a confirmation. Yes, you had an alien visitation and it's okay. It wasn't, it, it was maybe scary as a child. You didn't understand it, but we didn't, but they meant no harm if you're interested in opening communication here is how you can mm. go about doing it. Or um, some people have an inkling that they may have had some sort of um, encounter. And then I kind of offer them a confirmation like, yes, that is what happened. So how do you determine that? Does this come up in um, more of like an intuitive reading or are you doing like an astrological chart or how, how is, how is it being revealed to you? So I do aura readings and what I do okay. is um, I, I channel. Um, so I have a whole process of um, grounding myself, aligning my chakras, connecting with my guides. And then I ask permission to connect with the person that I'm reading's guides. And then it becomes a kind of conversation. And then what that looks like is um, I'm an artist. I went to art school. I'm an art, I've been an artist my whole life um, and I'm visual. So I see um, all of these things in pictures in my head. Mm. And I've, a, I was a train, I was trained to do this at the Edgar Casey Institute about how to actually read other people's energies, um, in, in a appropriate way. I don't go out in the world and do this to be right. Right. People. Yeah. My <laughs> request always right. ask me, yeah, they're like, yes. you do this at the grocery store. I'm like, no. And that's another point of similarity with us. Um, when I was a baby up until I was about three and a half or so, uh, my mom and I lived in a little community in Virginia Beach that was all about the Edgar Casey Institute and she was yeah. like, doing stuff with them. So yeah. <laughs> we have like all these little points of like, you know, similarities. Yeah, totally. Like and uh, yeah, I mean, the Edgar Casey, I'm so, it's such an amazing resource that I have. It's like an hour and a half drive from where I live and mm -hmm. I go there. I used to take once a year pilgrimages there, but yeah, it's an amazing resource. So that's really where I learned how to, how to do it. Um, and so I, I go through this process of connecting with them and see, um, you know, I always ask some, sometimes people have readings and they want to know something specific. Many times they have a, a loved one that's passed over mm -hmm. and they want communication or they want to know, Hey, I felt this in my own life or I experienced in the, in this in my own life. Was that my mother speaking to me was that my mm -hmm, pet mm -hmm. coming through so um it's so much about confirmation so much of what comes through people already know they just we all they need the validation to, yeah, yeah we need an outside source to tell us um yeah but so i i i get i receive i it's it's visual but it's also i do hear 
um, messages. And I've just developed a way of a yes and no in my body. Um, mm-hmm. So if I get an, if I get information from a guy, from that person's guide, um, I just have developed this free, of tapping into a frequency. Are you an angel? Are you an ascended master? Are you this person's past life? Are you this person's um, passed over loved one? Are you an otherworldly energy? And I can feel the yes and no in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it really is, it, it depends on how open that person is to those things. Sometimes it's a, a, a deep conversation back and forth trying to get to that yes or no answer. Sometimes it's immediate. Sometimes I connect with someone's energy and I'm like, oh yeah, you have you know it, an alien energy from this planet trying to communicate. So mm, it really okay. is, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so most of my- And most, that brings us into the star seeds. So yeah, that's gonna be my of, next question. Yeah, yeah. Me personally, um, I, <laughs> I've had, I've definitely had alien encounters and most of it are um, like sleep paralysis, like mm-hmm. in dreams at night, um, things like that. Um, I don't think I've ever actually seen, oh, actually maybe once my family and I, we think we saw some UFO in daylight, um, but I've never had one of those like, um, like really like that's a UFO moment, you know, most of it is like in that liminal space in, um, sleep time. I've experienced sleep paralysis. My husband has had, again, men (laughs) has had quite a bit of, um, of sleep paralysis encounters. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, um, I've had several of the variety where I've seen the crafts, Mm -hmm. um, and two of the uh, five times, I guess, two of them I've had witnesses. So uh-huh. um, that was nice to have the confirmation. And one of them was a witness who was very skeptical. Um, and then when we saw it, he was like, oh, what What did that just, it just, it stopped and it went in the other direction and there's no sound. And <laughs> okay, I concede. This is unidentified as far as I can tell. <laughs> He's like, maybe it's still from our government, but there's nothing that I'm aware of that moves like that you know, and so stealthily, but as far as actual abductions, if I have, I have no memory of it. Um, but I used to have sleep paralysis a lot as a kid. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't know what was going on with that. And for whatever reason, my subconscious mind has determined thus far that I'm not ready to recover those memories. And I just trust the process. I'm like, okay, it'll come when it comes, you know, if there is anything there, it will eventually make its way to the surface whenever I can handle it. Um, but that's pretty cool. I have had um, situations where I'm sometimes a solo, but also with others where we uh, do CE5, close mm-hmm. encounters of the fifth kind, where, you know, meditating to specifically communicate, requesting to communicate with other life forms. I end up communicating with light beings that may or may not be from uh, other planets, but that are more like trans or interdimensional. Yeah. So not like specific aliens, like we would think of aliens in like a movie. It's yeah. more like, like light a, beings um, and orbs yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the extent of my like one-on-one encounters. But I have had sessions, hypnosis sessions, where people have um, just spontaneously started communicating or channeling um, alien entities. Oh, wow. And one in particular, um, and it was just 
we were both surprised, but at the same time, she was like, oh, this makes so much sense. Like that. I feel like I've known them forever. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like maybe I am one, you know, and yeah. there were these diminutive little, um, not scary at all. Um, little, you know, creatures, uh, the way she described them sounded very similar to like what we would expect, you know, with the big eyes and the large heads and the little spindly bodies. And, um, and they kept saying that the, the big, um, concern was frequency. Mm-hmm. And not just emotional frequency of humans, but like sound frequencies on the planet. All of the um, noise pollution is causing issues with frequencies of sound here wow. um, and frequencies, um, electromagnetic frequencies uh, affecting our planet negatively. Just all uh, frequency, frequency, frequency. But anyway, so that was pretty cool. And um, I, in my hypnosis sessions, try really hard not to ever lead anybody, you know. Mm-hmm. So like if they say something like that, I just ask questions instead of going like, oh, oh, yeah, I know what that is, you know. Um, but then they come out of it and they're like, did I just make all that up? And so I'm kind of glad that people like you exist because then they can go like, I need confirmation. And then they can find Jenny McGurk and have you say, oh, yeah, I'm speaking with your uh, consciousness. And apparently, yes, you you have, in fact, had these encounters. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you for offering that service to my clients who stumble upon these things in their trance states and then go, was that real? <laughs> Yeah. And I think, um, you know, just like personally, my personal opinion of being a hypnotist and understanding the unconscious versus the conscious mind and the dream state, because I think hypnosis and the dream state are so interwoven. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, then like kind of going outside of that into like our past lives and communicating with other things, angels, aliens, Mm -hmm. and that frequency, to me, it's all kind of, it's all the same vibration. Um, And that like voice in your head that like, you know, most people have an internal dialogue, some people do not, but most people have internal dialogues. Um, And that conversation that you're having with yourself, like what we just talked about parts work, Like Mm -hmm. those different parts of us, those are our past lives also communicating. Mm -hmm. Those are, you know, our spirit guides that are us, that are connected to us, that are communicating with us. And really, I think that like source, whatever your, you know, worldview of sources, whether it's God, universe, the cosmos, whatever, um, is going to communicate with us however we understand it the most. Mm -hmm. Um, so again, in hypnosis and in aura readings, almost everything comes through as a metaphor. It's always a metaphor or a symbol, you know, and maybe that's why you and I have been so interested in symbols our whole lives, because it really is that, um, that communication. And I leave room open for the possibility that all of it is just a metaphor. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, when I have these sessions with clients where they, experience a past life regression or sometimes a parallel life, which I guess you can't really call a regression because it's happening now as well. And then the whole thing with time, I'm not even going to get into that fourth dimensional (laughs) stuff because I can't wrap my brain around it. But, um, you know, past life personalities, um, entities, light beings, ETs, spirit guides, angels, all that stuff, you know, it's not for me to impose my belief system. And so whatever their belief system is, it, 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 
it may or may not contradict it, right? So what I say to, you know, for people who have an experience, they're like, this doesn't fit with anything that I can, I can really believe in. Like, you know, somebody who um, is pretty strict in a certain religious philosophy may really want to just reject the experience that they're having while in trance. And so what I'll say to them is maybe it is a metaphor, you know, who knows? There's no way to quantify this, right? So maybe this past life regression that you had is just a metaphor for whatever it is that you need to be able to release and call forth, you know, certain skills or tools or wisdoms or resources while um, neutralizing certain traumas. And maybe your own mind came up with a way to do that by saying, oh, it's in the past. It's so far in the past. In fact, it's a whole other life, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or coming up with avatars, you know, mm -hmm. you have an ascended master. Well, if, if you feel that that's who's giving you advice and wisdom, you're more apt to take it than like Joe next door, right? right. So yeah. maybe that is also a symbolic metaphor that our own minds create. Um, now, my own personal beliefs tend to be a little bit more open in that I think there is a singularity of consciousness, a source that we are all very much a part of, fractals of. Um, and so we will interact with ourselves and each other in these, you know, different ways. But again, in my sessions, it's not, it's not about me. It's <laughs> not about my belief system. So when you were saying the symbolism and the metaphor, I was like, yeah, you know what? And I think for some people, maybe that, um, that is sort of a saving grace that mm -hmm. they can be like, okay, I can have these really amazing experiences but it doesn't have to make me feel crazy if it doesn't fit with my worldview. I can just yeah. go like, that's a really interesting thing. And I learned a lot from it, but I don't necessarily need to take it on as, you know, my belief system. Um, I wanted to ask you, there was some one thing that I was reading in your little intake that said cryptids. Now, this is not something I'm familiar with. So what what is a cryptid? What is this? I'm looking forward to learning more from you. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you're like Bigfoot, um, the Loch Ness Monster. Okay, yeah. Yeah, my personal favorite is Mothman. Have you ever heard of okay. Mothman? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and like the Jersey Devil, would that be another yes, one? Yes, okay, yes. okay. And there's lots of them. I actually have a whole map of, of Northern America of all the different sightings and all the different ones. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, 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 it parallels the interest in, you know, otherworldly, um, paranormal, ghost hunting that I've always kind of been interested in my whole life. Um, mm -hmm. The more I learn about Bigfoot um, and now, what do you think that is? Or like the Skinwalker Ranch. Right. Yeah. Fightings. Yeah. So Bigfoot, I think. Um, so I have, I have two opinions on it. One is um, that the, the appearing and reappearing is the, is portal travel. So they are. Open. Are you watching your fingers right now? No. Do that again. Look. Oh wow. Anybody who's listening isn't going to be able to see this, but right now as Jenny's talking, there's like an aura of light, streams yeah. of light coming out of her fingertips. <laughs> yeah. It could be. It's probably where the reflect yeah, I think it's the reflection of my, of my ring. Oh, okay, cuz I also saw it outside of your arm for a second too, and I was like, oh, oh yeah. anyway, go ahead. Yeah. I have a, right in front of me is a big window. Um okay. I'm in a porch, so I've got I'm surrounded by windows, but right in front so it's it's probably like but I, yeah, um, <laughs> that was a beautiful little magical symbolic, uh, intrusion. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, if there's another channeler that I follow, um, his name is Daryl Anka and he channeled mm -hmm. and you know, about, um, Bashar. Bashar. Yeah. So he, his, and I won't go really deep into his philosophies. Um, but I highly recommend anyone out there 
looking him up. If you're interested in the things that we're talking about, there is a whole world of him out there. Um, he, he's been doing it for a while, like 30, oh, 30 yeah. something years. Yeah. yeah I had, um, my husband and I actually went to Sedona in September and saw him speak mm, and um, nice. it was amazing. Yeah. So he says that, um, so his worldview is that uh, we humans were, um, interacted with or seeded by other aliens, right? So they've, our, our DNA is mixed with other aliens and that's why, how we evolved who we are now. He mm-hmm. says, if that hadn't occurred, that we would be Bigfoot, we would be Sasquatch. Um, so very cool when, yeah. So when he's asked about, well, what about the ones that are still here? Um, you know, he says, well, they are intelligent and they see what's going on and they saw that visitation and then they saw their you know brothers and sisters transformed into us and then they witness what we've done on this planet right good and the bad and so they've learned to stay away from us they want mm-hmm. anything to do with us um and mixed in with the ability to you know to tap into frequencies and to you know shape shift or cloak themselves um i i i i personally if you've ever watched or listened to um, Missing 411 about all the people that go missing in Oh, it's really good. Missing 411. Um, David, I uh, can't remember his name who does it. He's written books and he has TV shows. His name is David something. He's an ex-cop. Um, Thousands of people go missing in national parks and it's always the same formula and it's tied into um, Bigfoot. And there's in, incredible recordings that were done in like, I think the Sequoia National Forest, where they recorded these creatures and they were talking and they recorded, really? yeah, they recorded them and they had all different, they had AI, they had language experts. David Paulides. Yeah. Pol- I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. Paulides. Yeah. Okay. I just was looking it up while you were yeah, talking so yeah. I could get our, our viewers and our listeners like the, the, the correct info. Okay. Yes. Yes. And like in my bio, I don't know if I wrote, but like, um, I really fully, um, uh, love the term that I'm a spiritual resource for people. Like I, I have spiritual ADD. Like I've been in everything. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in all of it. I've gone down all the rabbit holes and, um, it used to frustrate me because I just wanted to be like, can focus on one thing, but in doing aura readings, I, that information comes to me. So now I know that my spiritual ADD was kind of like precognitively setting me up to be able to see those things in people's mm-hmm. readings. Yeah. Um, so now I fully embrace my spiritual ADD. And I know when I go down a rabbit hole, there's a purpose. There's someone, someone in the future is going to come to me and I'm it's information that I need to know for them. Um, but then in, in just in my everyday life, I love being a resource for people. So, mm-hmm. um, all the things I learned because there's so many people out there doing so amazing, such amazing things. And especially in the spiritual community, there's so many like gatekeepers to this information yeah. and mm-hmm. I encounter them constantly. And I just, I really am repulsed by it. The days of gatekeeping are are coming to an end. They have yeah. to be, you know, yeah. the, the, I have the power and you can't have it. Crap has to go, has to yeah. go. And I totally get the spiritual ADD. I don't consider it. I, I just don't really use the word spiritual very often because I have a different understanding of it. Um, but it, it is that for sure. Um, but I have the same thing. And 
for a few, well, not a few years, a few decades, a few decades, I found myself being fascinated with neuroscience, neurobiology, um, uh, energetic frequencies, electromagnetic frequencies, sound frequencies, um, um, and then, of course, hypnosis, hypnotherapy, and neural pathways, and belief systems, and all these things, quantum physics, mm -hmm. and quantum healing. Um, and then when I started receiving messages from my higher self and guides that turned into the Quantum Journeys Hypnosis Academy, I was like, oh, that's why. It's very much like you. I was like, I needed to have that foundation so that when I received the information, I knew what to do with it. Yeah. So if you don't have a foundation for it, then you can receive all this information, but you can't, it's just there. And actually I've received some information that still doesn't make sense yet. I'm just like, what am I supposed to do with that? So uh, there's some stuff with cymatics that I keep getting bits and pieces of um, that has to do with the Hebrew alphabet. I'm going to just put it out there because who knows, maybe somebody out there will hear this and be like, oh, I'm the missing, you know, thing that you need, Krista. But it has to do with the Hebrew alphabet, the 23 chromosomes and certain sound frequencies. And I keep getting information about this. And I am not a musician, nor am I a rabbi. <laughs> and nor am I a medical doctor. So I'm like, why me? Why am I getting this? What am I supposed to do with this? Interesting. So, yeah. yeah. But also, like what, what we you were touching on too, like having like, no, trusting that you trusting the wisdom of, you know, knowing that whatever is being received, that, that you're, it's, you're receiving it for a purpose, even though you may not know what it is that, that right. it will be revealed at some point. Yeah. 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 And actually having that, um, just acceptance mm -hmm. that it will all eventually make itself clear has just really helped my life become so much less stressful in general. Like most of the stress we put, we have in our lives, we put on ourselves, you know, and I used to um, be that person that had to figure out why for everything, dig in deep and figure it all out. Why, 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 why? And I've really mellowed out on that. Like I go down certain rabbit holes because I'm curious and fascinated, but it's no longer this like almost um, like battle to get to the source and the root, you know, now it's more just like this, like, okay, I'm going to keep kind of going down this rabbit hole and see what happens. And it's fun. As long as, as soon as it stops being fun, I switch gears and go somewhere else, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't have that sense of like, got to figure it out now. Right. I just sort of wait until the rest of it reveals itself. Yeah. And I, I, to go back to your question about the cryptids and like why I've been fascinated with this. And I think yeah. it really kind of touches on what you just said is that like, it's kind of a similar interest that like how kids are really into dinosaurs um like i have three kids and all three of them two boys and a girl and they're all they, they were super into dinosaurs and i and i think what it is to me i believe that it's this uh, it's this it's this fascination and connection with these creatures that are are you know fantastical and they're huge and amazing and scary and they can fly but they were real they existed right and cryptids are kind of a similar thread for me where it's like here are these creatures that are fantastical and just out of this world but it's like crossing that liminal line like mm -hmm. but they could actually exist like there's so many it's kind of like alien life like there's so many planets there's so many stars out there you've got to be personally, I believe pretty dense and multiple dimensions. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the cryptids are like, wow, these creatures, they really could be real living amongst us. Mm -hmm. And 
to me, I'm not scared by it. I am like, what do they have? Why? Why are they so interested in us? Who well, are that there's people? like hundreds of thousands of witnesses to them. It's not just mm-hmm. one or two, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's why they're mythological, because we have a number of sightings from many, many different people over you know, hundreds of years, maybe thousands. So yeah, and I think it too, it like help it helps me kind of stay childlike and mm, wonder. Yes. That's so and, important. Yeah, yeah. And not lose that kind of, you know, fantasy aspect of being a kid and imagination. Um and and it's just they're they're so fun. Like I know um Mothman usually <laughs> appear appears when something horrible is about to happen. He's kind of like a premise or he or she it is like a premonition. Um, and like, I'll be driving at night. And I know he's, he, you know, the famous thing with the bridge is what he appeared when a bridge collapsed, but I'll be driving at night and I'll see like red lights. And with my kids, I'm like, Oh, is it Mothman? And they're like, who you're the only person that gets excited of like the possibility. I'm like, I know, but like, wouldn't it be cool? I'm like, so I literally like will drive at night and I'm like, Ooh, maybe I'll see Mothman. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Well, when I was growing up, it was elves and fairies. Um, mm-hmm. And and I had a very best friend who was an elf, actually. Like, imaginary? Yes, maybe. I don't know. Transdimensional? Could be. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, I now know that he was also one of my spirit guides for a long time. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, or just, I call them guides and helpers, because again, I, I don't tend to use the word spirit or spiritual just because it's been sort of co-opted and bastardized by mm-hmm. other groups of people that um I don't feel in alignment with you know and so I just I I know yeah I fully yeah (laughs) Yeah, there's there's some toxic spirituality out there a lot yeah into that yeah (laughs) um so how fascinating though I could talk to you forever and ever Jenny this is um (laughs) this is really cool for the people who are listening though how can they find you how can they get in touch with you um, so I have a website, which is my name, Jenny McGurk, and it's J-E-N-N-Y-M-C-G-U-R-K.com. Perfect. And everything on there, um, all of my offers or readings, um, sessions, all of that stuff is on there. I do, I do have um, a monthly community meetup called The Causeway. Um, we follow the- C-A-U-S-E, Causeway? C-A-U-S-E, yeah, Causeway. Okay. Um we follow the wheel of the year, um, nice. uh, uh, celebrations. So we just did Amalek for, um, beginning of the spring. Um, and I also do have free, um, uh, resources on there, meditations and things. Oh, beautiful. And also I, um, for social media, I'm, um, I hang out on, uh, Instagram mainly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, um, just so that we have it here for anybody who's listening, what are those offerings when they, if they're going to look for you for something? So you do aura readings, you do hypnosis, what else? Yeah. So I do the, um, I do aura readings and what that looks like is I do them remotely before I meet with the person and I paint what I see. So okay. you, um, I, you schedule the reading and I do it remotely. I let you know, some people want to know when they're doing it. I can't see what you're doing at that time. I'm not, it's not like I'm a, a remote viewing you. Um, many people are very nervous about that. So I always just try to reiterate, re- reiterate that. Yes. <laughs> um, you're not spying on them. In no, real, in real no time spying. Okay. I can't see what you're doing in real time. Um, and then we meet and we go over what was experienced and for 45 minutes and that person can ask as many questions as they want. I know a lot of people that do readings will only you pay for a price and you only get like 
one question, two questions, three questions. You can ask me as many as you want. Um, and then you receive your painting. So I paint a um, eight by 11 watercolor painting. Um, I don't have any right now to show you. Um, uh, and then, so then you receive that in the mail as, as well as a PDF of all the notes that um, I took when I did the reading. I think um, I might have to hire you to, to yeah. create one of these for me. That's very exciting. Yeah. And um, after you have an initial one, I do offer My cat is trying to jump in my lap. Um, after you do <laughs> an initial reading, you, I, um, I have the option to do um, like follow-up readings. So some people so I have one close friend. She's like, I want the reading. I just don't need the painting. Can, can ah. we do something? So I do that now. I do, um, I do shorter readings where it's just, um, there's no painting and you can just okay. do a monthly and, and, the, and the price point changes for that. And all of and, these, and are you, you can go ahead and invite the kitty up. That's fine. We oh yeah. No, she's fine. she lost interest. <laughs> uh, cool. there, there's a bird somewhere. Um, just out of curiosity. Can you, can you put your hands up for a moment? I want you to see that. Come back a little bit so you can really see. It's not just from your ring. Yeah. <laughs> As you move back and forth, you can see that there's like streams, energy. rivers yeah. of energy coming out of your fingers. Um, I, I think most people will be watching this, but there's some platforms that they'll be listening to it. So maybe this will get them over to YouTube from yeah. wherever they're at just so they yeah. can see it too, because that's pretty cool. Um, and I was moving my hand around to see if mine was doing it. I have a background though, so mm -hmm. it was like not picking anything up. Um, but I love that tech sometimes is influenced and affected by the energy that's being carried from mm -hmm. these podcasts and also from my sessions. And it's really interesting how it picks things up. Um, I've had orbs that will sort of just show up yeah. out of nowhere. There's one I put on TikTok. There's like a little video of it that you can see. Um, yeah, I a did. big I orb came and settled right on top of somebody. Oh, wow. And then I left. <laughs> That, I did a reading with a, um, a, a very close old friend of mine. I've known her for years and we were doing a reading and we had a really like out of like just crazy orb experience. And we both were like, what? Like we what were it and watching it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm Italian. I got Italian in me. So I can't, um, I talk with my hands. So my hands yeah, are going yeah. everywhere. Yeah. No, that's great. That's yeah. great. I had one session where, um, Right when the client came face to face with one of her guides, in this case, it was an angel, the camera completely went blurry mm -hmm. and it didn't come back again until the very end of the session when she was no longer having communication with that being. Oh, that's super interesting. And she did. She had no idea. Yeah. Um, and so later when I, you know, cause I recorded it and I showed it to her and I was like, and notice right where this happens. And I couldn't see it. So I couldn't calibrate the session anymore because I couldn't see her face anymore yeah. at all. Wow. <laughs> it was really interesting. Yeah, that but, is interesting. I, um, so I have three kids. So I've, every time I've been pregnant, um, I, I not completely, um, don't receive information, but every time I've been pregnant, all of my other experiences kind of diminish. And after I mean, my, my youngest child is almost 10. So it's been a while since I've been pregnant, but, um, I asked my guides, like, why did that happen? And they said, well, there was another soul present. And so we had to respect that soul. Mm, um, yeah. and so like, that is interesting about you were saying is like, there's almost like when there's three people involved, it's like, they have to yeah. respect like, you know, what is happening. Yeah, I hadn't thought of it that way, but that makes that makes sense. And also can sometimes go in the other direction. Um, 
when I was pregnant with my first child, uh, there was like a heightening of certain senses that are beyond the traditional five senses. Mm -hmm. um, and also one of the five senses heightened to such a degree, my olfactory sense, that I could smell things, not just in the 3D world, but I started to be able to smell things in other <laughs> dimensions. Yeah. And at the time I thought I was nuts. Now I know like, oh, okay, that's what that was. But um, yeah, I, I like if I was passing through uh, an area where, you know, somebody had died, I, I would smell not yeah. their death and decay, but I would smell like whatever it was that they associated themselves with this is the frequency of, you know, like I've smelled um, like detergent type smell, like industrial detergent, you know, from somebody who died in a, a mental institution. Oh, wow. She smelled like that. And then I've also smelled like this, um, like a talcum powder type thing mixed with um, like old lady perfume. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it, you know? And yeah. that was from somebody who died in the fifties who like a fractal of her was still here. Yeah, so, that's anyway. Like, um one of the, you know, like the Claire's, like Link, mm -hmm. Claire Clairvoyant, there's like all, all different types of Claire's. So that's like, yeah. I think that's called Claire Gustry where you smell. Yeah. Yep. And then um, a lot of, you know, in the Catholic religion and like the, um, the rosary or Mary people would have like saints would smell roses. Yeah. I've and, had and, that too. And like, yeah. When like Mary was pregnant. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that it's only to that degree because I don't know that I would be okay with like, uh, some people have the, the taste one. Oh you know? yeah. And I, I love food. I don't, I don't want that there, you know? Um, and I think that, and I do have sometimes like the, um, the traditional, like, you know, um, sight, what is that one called? Claire. Clairvoyance. Like, yeah. Is that just traditional clairvoyance? Yeah. But I don't, that one's just a little bit every once in a while, but claircognizance is the one that's my biggest one. That's the yep. one where just like full yep. on just chunk, information just drops into my head and I'm like, Oh, I get it now. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, I prefer not to have the olfactory one. That's not my favorite. Yeah. The only one I, I have had, I, I have a friend who, um, a friend of my husband and I who passed away probably about 18 years ago and he smoked cigarettes um, and I've had experiences where I feel him and then I, I feel him present and I smell cigarette smoke places that there is no cigarette smoke. Right. And now I'm like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? I know he's there. <laughs> yes. Yes. Wow. Well, this is fascinating. Again, I think we're going to have to have you on a second time because there's some stuff that, um, we didn't even talk about that, you know, I had, that was in your intake as far as like, you know, things that you're into. So I definitely want to have another conversation. Um, I made the mistake in my first couple of podcasts where we tried to touch on everything. Yeah. Um, you know, I have ADD, so that's fine by me, but I did receive some like comments saying like, Hey, can you slow it down a little? Like maybe just dive deeper into like just a few things instead of trying to catch everything. So now I'm like, okay, I'm listening. Yeah, I would love to come back. Yeah. And I talk a lot. That's the Italian in me. So I, I like talking and I talk fast too. So no, this is great. Yeah, no, I, I've really enjoyed this. Thank you so much, Jenny McGurk. And it's Jenny com for anybody who's interested in getting an aura reading, an aura reading with a painting um, or having a session. Yep. Yes. Yeah. And the, okay. The sessions, um, Again, there, you know, I, 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 I don't like to say I specialize or have a niche in any one thing. Um, the majority of what I do is past life regression. Mm -hmm. um, but if, if you have something that you want help with and you feel connected with me and think that I can help you, I'm open to anything. 
And that's the primary reason why I even have this podcast. It wasn't like I necessarily wanted to have yet one more thing that puts me out there because visibility is not my my favorite thing in the world. I mean, I had agoraphobia for 13 years, so you know you can imagine. Um, but I kept getting information from my higher consciousness saying that the way that we magnetize um, the people to us that that need us and we need them is through our voice. Uh, natural voice resonance and they'll hear us and be like oh something that's tickling something in my my own energy and saying I need I need to have this person in my life in some way um, and so that's why I'm doing this podcast is because I was kind of told I was led to do this and just try and get um, you know the people that I resonate with on here and give you guys a platform to talk so that the people in the world can hear what you have to say not just the content but your actual voice <laughs> and decide whether or not they want to reach out. And I appreciate that about you. Yeah, that is, I a hundred percent agree with all of that. And yeah. And, and again, going back to the gatekeeping, like for every person that is looking for somebody out there to help them with something, there is that magnet that is out there. So there's that yeah. whole gatekeeping mentality is just so archaic and yes. we need to drop it because yeah. it's, it's more harmful than helpful. And Absolutely. And and we're all in this together. You know, we're all in this together. It, it's it's going to take every single last human on this planet to really, um, at least if if not fully embrace, at least be open to the possibility of raising our frequency. Um, so if we have gatekeepers, you know, that's not going to help. Uh, but thank you so much, Jenny. It was a pleasure. Um, to everybody else, be sure to like and subscribe this little podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're curious about some of these um, wild client sessions that we have talked about involving past lives, parallel lives, um, oversouls, channeling higher beings, aura readings, communicating with ETs, etc., come on and join us in the Quantum Journeys Hypnosis Facebook group. And uh, that's where we all hang out. So, all right. Take care, Jenny. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, thank you so much, my intrepid travelers. Did that last episode blow your mind? We journeyed deep into the intersection of quantum healing, the science of consciousness, hypnosis, and the metaphysical. And let's just say reality isn't always quite what it seems, is it? But fear not, there is much more to come. This is only just the beginning. Quantum Journeys podcast is your passport to mind-bending adventures where we push the boundaries of what is possible. So stay curious, stay open, and remember the power to change everything lies right there within you. We'll meet again soon on the Quantum Frontier. This is Chris and Marie Bowman, your Quantum Journeys podcast host.